Raise to Walk Podcast, Episode 30. Welcome to the Raise to Walk Podcast, where we're walking out the life of faith. Romans 6, verse 4 reads, As Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. And this show is designed to help you do just that. Now here's your host, Carla Alvarez. Today, I'm going to be talking about what people are actually saying when they say they are spiritual, but not religious. You hear people often say, I'm spiritual, not religious. The Roseburg shooter who targeted Christians in his shooting rampage at Umpqua Community College last October identified himself this way. Author Anne Rice, who at one point identified as a Christian, began her walk away from Jesus in 2010 with this claim. She didn't like church or organized fellowship, but she wanted to connect with Jesus on her own terms. It only took two years of just being spiritual before she denied Christ entirely. I've even met people who put themselves in the Christian camp who say this. Yes, they say they are Christians, but they don't want to be labeled religious, but spiritual. What is usually going through my head is, well, isn't that precious? And I'm tempted to say, so, what spirits are you into? I think it, but I don't say it. I love the way another author puts it in an article on the the absurdity of the statement. She says, of course, the individual is spiritual. Everyone has a spirit. Thus, everyone is spiritual. One's personal conviction about whether or not they have a soul or spirit doesn't change the fact that they actually do. For some reason, we have this idea in the U.S. that being religious is a negative. There's a connotation of being uneducated or unsophisticated in beliefs or understanding. On the other hand, if someone is spiritual, they are more enlightened, aware, and have an elevated consciousness. Let's cut all the fluff and get real. Words have meanings. We use words to communicate meaning. When you tell someone you have a cat, the understanding is immediately communicated of exactly what type of animal you are talking about. If they later come across a dog on your street, they would know that is not your pet because you told them you had a cat. They are two very different things. Sometimes we try to make very clear and very simple things complicated. For example, some people try to argue the definition of married and single. Facebook even has a relationship status reflecting this. It's complicated. No, it's actually very simple. It's only complicated because you are not in agreement on what those words mean. Our society has gone so far into confusion that we are now even debating whether it is or not it is appropriate to call a man a man and a woman a woman. The words he and she have now become offensive. Again, it's not complicated. You are born either a male or a female. It's DNA, as cut and dried as math. We may argue the obvious and not like what words mean, but that doesn't change simple fact. When someone asks about your religion, saying you are spiritual but not religious communicates absolutely nothing. 
You could be an angry atheist ready to gun down Christians, or a meditator like Anne Rice reaching out to some amorphous higher power. She doesn't know who that higher power is, but she is positive whatever it is will confirm her idea of right. What does it mean? Nothing. That is a completely useless collection of words. If someone tells you they are a Muslim, you know that they follow the words of Muhammad and believe that he was given a revealed truth that had been previously corrupted by Jews and Christians. If someone tells you that they are a Mormon, you know they follow the teachings of Joseph Smith and believe he was giving a revealed truth that had been previously corrupted in the Bible. If someone tells you they are a Christian, that should mean that they believe in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, who came to earth in human form in fulfillment of prophecy throughout the Old Testament, from the very first promise of a Redeemer in Genesis 3.15, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, rose again on the third day, and that he is the only way to the Father and salvation. People in each religion may have slightly different views about various doctrines within their religion, but there will be a general agreement overall. Upon hearing a person's religion, you have some idea what they believe and where they are spiritually. Information that can lead to understanding has been communicated. But it goes even deeper than a matter of communication. Behind the statement, I'm spiritual, not religious, there is usually a spirit of pride and self-centeredness. Have you noticed this? When people say this, they are telling you something very revealing about themselves, but not what they intended. Reading a book on world religions, it begins with defining the word religion itself. And the definition is, the English word religion is derived from the Latin word religio, which refers to the fear or awe one feels in the presence of a spirit or a god. The fear or awe of God. Where have we heard that before? Let me read a few verses for you. Second Chronicles 19.7 Now then, let the fear of the Lord be upon you. Be very careful of what you do. For the Lord our God will have no part in unrighteousness or partiality or the taking of a bribe. Second Chronicles 19.9 Then he charged them, saying, Thus you shall do in the fear of the Lord faithfully and wholeheartedly. Job 28.28 and he, to man he said, Behold the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And depart from evil is from it is understanding. Psalm 19.9 The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are righteous altogether. Psalm 34.11 Come, you children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Psalm 111, verse 10 the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. Psalm 128.1 How blessed is everyone who fears the Lord, who walks in his ways. Proverbs 1.7 The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 2.5 Then you will discern the fear of the Lord and discover the knowledge of God. Proverbs 8.13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance and the evil way and the perverted mouth I hate. Proverbs 9.10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. 
Proverbs 10.27 The fear of the Lord prolongs life, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Proverbs 14.26-27 In the fear of the Lord there is strong confidence, and his children will have refuge. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life, that one may avoid the snares of death. Proverbs 15.16 Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and turmoil within it. Proverbs 15.33 The fear of the Lord is the instruction for wisdom, and before honor comes humility. Proverbs 16.6 By loving kindness and truth, iniquity is atoned for, and by the fear of the Lord one keeps away from evil. Proverbs 19.23 The fear of the Lord leads to life, so that one may sleep satisfied, untouched by evil. Proverbs 22.4 The reward of humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Proverbs 23.17 Do not let your heart envy sinners, but live in the fear of the Lord always. Acts 9.31 So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria enjoyed peace being built up and going on in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. It continued to increase. When the Bible talks about the fear of the Lord, it is describing the attitude, the mindset, and the position we are supposed to approach Him with, a recognition of the fact that He is the Creator of the universe, worthy alone of honor and praise, the one in whose presence the angels constantly sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty, the whole earth is full of His glory. You don't treat him with the same level of familiarity you would as someone giving you your coffee or sitting next to you at a baseball game. Peter and the Lord's brother Jude both wrote about people like this. People who claimed to be Christians but were promoting their own false teachings and an enlightened spirituality. Those who were full of pride and mocked things that they didn't understand. People like this were a danger within the church then and they are a danger now. Peter's final words in his letters were to grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In order to grow in grace and knowledge, we have to first walk in the fear of the Lord and to seek his presence in fear and awe. In other words, it's time to get religious. Let's end this time with a prayer. Father, thank you that you love us and are always patient with us. Thank you for giving us time to go our own way and for drawing us back to you. I ask that you pour out a spirit of grace and supplication on each one of us and that we are willing to humble ourselves so that we can be in communion with you. Give us eyes to see the work that you are doing in our lives right now and help us to always give you the thanks for all the things that you've given us. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've been enjoying the Raise to Walk episodes, be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We also love to get feedback from our listeners, so tell us what you think by either rating or reviewing us on iTunes or Stitcher, or by sending us an email at contact at raisetowalk.org. Thanks for listening to the Raise to Walk podcast. We'd love for you to continue to walk with us, so head over to raisedtowalk.org news to get free updates. Have a blessed day, and we'll see you next time.